Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Data Leadership Podcast. Um, really excited to um, to get started on this one. I've got Howard Wild, um, who is a, a data leader um, specialising within um, data engineering. Um, today we're going to have a, a chat about um, a topic that interests him um, and has also been a running theme throughout his career um, and one that I think a lot of data leaders have in their priority list, I would say, at the moment, and that's data governance um, and, and all things that sort of wrap around that. Um, so where I think we should start, um, Howard, if it's okay with you, if you just want to give a bit of an intro to yourself and a little bit about your background and, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've, I've been in data now for oh, a good 20 plus years. And uh, I, I started off working in, in mail order. So th this was before the, the likes of Amazon and, and so forth. And uh, I started off market research and I, I kind of started going to the ONS and, and other places to get data to help forecast the, the trends of the markets, you know, the, the, the kind of things that people may buy, uh, the propensity to be able to buy, uh, whether they're looking for credit, that kind of stuff. And uh, as, as, as time went on, uh, it suddenly moved into uh, being able to actually work with the, the marketing guys. I saw this opportunity and I said, look, you know, you, you're doing it this way. I've got some other data that we could put together. Um, it's, it's now got a name, it's called Mashup. Um, I, you know, from, from the industry, uh, you know, outside of our own database, you know, let's see whether we can put this together to make targeted marketing even better. Uh, so we did that um, and the results came back quite positive. Uh, it was one of the better campaigns that they'd had uh, since, since they'd started uh, looking at using their, their, their own databases uh, purely uh, for, for that kind of data. Um, so, and that, that was during my gap year at uh, Bradford University. I was doing a business and management course there. <clears throat> so, based on that, I then formed the last part of my year, focusing all the, on all the IT kind of aspects of things, you know, enterprise information systems, as it was called then, which later became BI and, and, and other data uh, kind of things. So, uh, I, I finished that. Uh, did a bit of a stint um, as a programmer, didn't like it, so decided that data was the thing for me. Um, and I've been there ever since. So that was uh, 1999. And uh, I've kind of started off as an analyst, uh, supporting uh, getting data from one place to the next for, for decision making. Uh, that turned into you know, a BI developer, now data engineer type person. And as time's gone on, I've just seen the opportunities to, to race through the ranks or, or to move sideways into a management side of things and uh, slowly work my way up. So I've, I've done, uh, like I say, engineering, lead engineer, team leader, you know, I've done some consultancy, I've headed up a, a BI department and uh, more recently, more kind of data engineering kind of stuff. But, so that's where I am today. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting um, to hear where, how people get into data. And I think um, definitely people who have been in it a fair few years. It tends to be that they sort of fell into it and were gravitated sort of towards it, um, as opposed to nowadays when there's, you know, specialists 
degrees and and there's a lot of different ways you can get into data um but but yeah you you sort of gravitated towards um bi especially and what what, what do you think um what do you think um led you to that what what interested you about bi ah so, so that that's something that is actually key to my heart you know it, it's the fact of being able to turn data into insight you know, it's all very good moving data from one place to the next, you know, the ETL side. But the, the core thing for me is then doing all the, you know, the analytics uh, on top of it and being able to shape that data into something that can be used uh, by the business. Because at the end of the day, businesses run on, on two key factors. You know, it's money coming in, money going out. Now, if you can turn insight into streamlining money going out or reducing it, while increasing the money coming in, then yeah, you're on a winner. You know, being able to make data-driven decisions, uh, as, as we saw on, on, the, on the first episode of, of your, your, your thing here, um, it, it's, it's one of those things that has just grown and grown and will continue to grow. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in situations where, uh, you know, from a finance perspective, I've, I invited myself onto a meeting at one point and uh, the, the accountants were all debating on what they should do and they decided that uh, to make a decision they needed to go off, uh, all about seven of them independently, go away for the week, uh, collate a load of data, put it back together, bring it together and then make a decision a week later in, in a meeting that was going to take about two hours. In the back, um, I'd already preempted this. I'd knocked up um, a very small finance cube. And during that meeting, uh, I got a, a, an idea of what they were looking for. I brought up the, the facts and the figures for them um, about three quarters of the way through the meeting. And I said, is this what you're looking for? Are these the answers that you need to make this decision? 15 minutes later, we left the, the room and decision had already been made. You know, that kind of saving, that kind of, ability to make decisions yeah it's the thing that has always grabbed me yeah it's just just very powerful isn't it very powerful yeah. and that's why i've always loved recruiting within data um it's very um it's a very interesting industry and it's only going uh, in one one direction at the moment so so no it's great so um what i think's best now is if we move on to um our topic for today which is data governance um and i think um maybe start off with what why do you feel this is you know one of the more um important um, areas for data leaders to consider, especially right now? Okay, so th th this is, I won't say it's a loaded question, but it, there's are loads of answers. So, I mean, one of the, the first things for me is um, data governance is the foundation for being able to make credible data-driven decisions. Uh, if, if your data is of poor quality or if, if people do not trust it because there are multiple versions of the truth, you know, or people aren't comparing apples with oranges. The credibility of that data and, and that information and hence insight, it gets watered down. People start to not trust it. They decide to start looking other places for that data, which may not be as credible. Uh, you know, the, the, the data quality aspect of it, you know, I mean, that goes without saying, you know, without qualitative data, the decisions that you will end up making can be quite poor. Um, 
you know, the, the analytics around it, the governance around the policies and procedures for actually putting data together also needs to be there because it, without it, again, you may end up with uh, poor quality data or duplicated data, which, which helps, or should I say, doesn't help anybody. Um, one of the other aspects is that it helps align teams. Yeah. So one of the things about the data governance is that you start to label data. Yeah. You, you, you start to come and gain this master data or this common common lexology for what you call things. I, again, I've, I've been in places where you've, you've got two people sat on the same desk doing the same job, but for different market areas. And they have two very different definitions for what they're, they're totaling up. So when they go to their boss, their boss looks at one set and it goes, right, okay, that's great. He looks at another set and he said, I don't understand why, why are you doing things differently? Yeah, so it helps bring uh, commonality and um, people together and, and not just from the same department from from across you know sales marketing manufacturing transport whatever it is you know it kind of brings this common thing together and, and starts to make things more of an enterprise thing and then of course you know governance is all about you know how you manage data you know whether it's uh, in, in transit or, or whether it's still and uh, it's, you know, it's, it's like we've seen with uh, Citigroup recently. You know, they've not had a very good uh, track record with data governance recently, and they've been fined 400 million for it, US dollars that is. Um, no small amount of money there. Admittedly, there were other failings, but a lot of it was down to their data governance. The fact that somebody can pay um, you know, a lot of money out of their own bank to creditors for Revlon it, it, it go, it's, it's beyond imagination. The governance around that, to allow that to happen, the policies and procedures were vastly lacking. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of thing, these are the important bits as to why data governance needs to be there. It's, it's yeah, and it's, it's pretty shocking that that can happen. And I, I, I don't know whether it, I don't know whether this sort of comes about when, when a business scales, uh, especially when it's at a large, large scale it's sometimes hard to define this and it's sometimes hard to put in place especially if there's been nothing in the way of, of data governance and and they're doing you know fresh pair of eyes will come in um, and they're trying to to put that in place it, it's it's obviously com complex but um yeah i know you mentioned that that article um to me the other day um, and i gave it a read and i think it was i think it was 900 million i think had been paid um uh, across yeah. something like that huge amount and i think off the back of this they are actually having to re-architect their, their whole sort of platform i think they're having to re-engineer their processes and i think i think they're actually investing about one billion in doing so so obviously a huge business so it's a, a clear example but it just highlights the importance of, of data governance data quality and having these type of processes in place yeah and you, you've hit on a good point there so so, so citibank they, they have grown quite organically, they've taken over a number of, of companies. And when you do that, you, you, you end up with a concophony of, of different data uh, policies and procedures from each of the companies that you take on. You know, you're on different systems, you'll have uh, you know, different lexology for different things. So 
I can understand where they've got to and why they've got there. They just didn't pay enough attention. And it probably seemed like too big a pill to swallow to be able to do it properly. I mean, I mean that that's it. And um, well, when you're, say you're a data leader, you're, you're approaching data governance. So you've come into a new business, you know that data governance is, needs to be high on your priority list. What, how, where do you start is what I'm trying to say. Where do you start in that process from, from your, from your opinion? Okay, so the, the first thing is, you know, you, you don't try and boil the, the ocean. You know, like Citibank, you know, it's one of those situations where you think, you know, this is too big. So break it down, bite size it, you know. Um, so what I tend to do is, uh, you know, when I go into these places and I'm, I'm looking at what we can do and how we can do it, the first place you have to start is always understanding the as is model. You know, where are you at the moment? You know, you, you can't go any further uh, without understanding where you are. And, you know, once you've got an idea of that, then you can start to look um, and align the, the things that you can do with the business priorities, you know, the stakeholders, these pe the people that are going to, at the end of the day, have to put their hand in their pocket to pay for this. So, you know, choosing the right projects or, or the right size of projects is always key. Uh, the next thing that is, is obviously then actually getting the budget for it. You know, if, if, if it's not already signed off, if you don't have that very sympathetic CEO or COO or whoever's gonna put their hand in their pocket, if, if they're not on board already, you're gonna have to sell it. And that, that's one of the hardest things to get going. You know, asking somebody to, to stump up a whole rake of cash for what seems like not much of a benefit uh, is, is quite hard. So it, it then goes back to that, you know, aligning your message with their message, never make it technical. As soon as you start making something technical to a business leader, they'll just switch off. You, know, you can talk to an architect all day long about, about how enterprise architecture should be in place for data governance, and they will eat out of your hand. But you go to somebody that's actually gonna have to put you know, skin in the game on it, it's, it then becomes a lot harder. But if you've done your, your homework right, you, you align your message, you identify the benefits as, as to what this is gonna do. And going back to that, it's, it's gonna stop you from being fined. It's going to help re, rev, uh, revenue generation, or, you know, you're gonna find some ways of streamlining the process, uh, making people more accountable um, the quality of the data is going to help with, I don't know, the, the customers. I mean, who, who in this in industry hasn't seen um, one or more ERP systems or, or CRM systems that has the same customer in six plus times, you know? And if each of those six customers has a different point of contact, you're you, you are contacting that customer six plus times, and it may not be the right person, I've, I've seen uh, customer satisfaction scores of uh, plummet because the CRM system is, is atrocious. You know, we get we get accosted by these people trying to sell us stuff. You know, and I'm not even the right person. You know, so bringing in that governance, reducing data duplication, improving the data quality can help with that. You know, and, and that's something that you don't typically see. You know, there's no return on investment on that. As I should say, it's very hard to put a, a value on that. Um, so it, it's getting those benefits out there. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think I think that's the really tough bit, isn't it? Selling it to the key decision makers. Um, yeah. You're essentially asking for, you know, a big sum of money to sort out a problem that might happen or although it almost definitely will if there's no governance and, and quality and, and procedures in place. Um, but it but it is a hard sell. And when it comes to being a data leader, that's got to now be one of the key elements to a successful data leader is to have that ability to translate non-technical stuff to non-technical people. Um, but it's not just that, like you say, it's actually putting the emphasis on their, their language, basically talking their language, whether that be around, you know, uh, revenue generation, customer loyalty, all these aspects that will start to, to, to put um, a value on investing in this type of thing. And um, do, do you think that's something that can be taught in terms of talking to these individuals and selling it? Or do you feel it's, a, it's, it's something you pick up along the way? I think it's one of those soft skills that most technical people, or not a lot of technical people can get. Um, you, you'll, you'll tend to find that, that you know, techies go one way or the other. They'll, they'll go tech-specific and, and become very, very wonderful at what they do and hardcore techie. You'll find the other one that goes off into a management style of thing. Uh, and, it's, and it's their job to sell it, um, but they need the soft skills to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so looking back on, on, on your career, are there any examples of... Um, challenges you've faced when trying to implement data governance that, that you could touch upon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a whole rake of them. <laughs> um, one of them is, and this, is, this was more around the implementation. Um, so there was one organization I was working for, um, very regimented, uh, if you get my meaning, and you, you would find that as you were understanding the, the landscape, so data moves from, from one area to the next, to the next, you know, it's enriched at this point by these people um, in a certain way. And then it's moved on to a next set of people who enrich it in a different way. It comes back to another group and so on and so on. And you, you, you find that, uh, you know, quite often, and, and this isn't, this wasn't just uh, with, with, their, with this organization, but you, you'll find that there are empires and there'll be a certain amount of lawlessness so that there will be people out there that will say, this is mine, this is my data, or this is my process, I own this area and therefore I own this data. But as soon as it's out of their remit, or if it's not beneficial to them, it's a, it's a wasteland, lawlessness. You know, there, there are certain sets of data out there that has no management whatsoever, but can end up being a very critical piece of information that is used in decision-making. And, and it's, it's that that you've got to kind of you know harangue people for, you know, making them accountable for it, identifying what is, uh, you know, what is managed, what isn't, who manages it, who doesn't, and then trying to find those people who will manage it or take it off other people and give it to, to the people who do it best. So whenever you do a master data management program, you'll you'll find that you know. The customer is, is a prospect, is a customer, is a repeating customer. You know, the number of times that different departments or teams will touch that data file and, in, and, and enhance it or enrich it um, can be phenomenal. And there will be certain types of people or certain departments 
that will actually take pride in making sure that that data is there, whereas the, another one will just give it a cursory glance and put it through. Finding that right team to take the ownership can be quite important because you know, those are gonna be the people that actually care about that data. And I, I've, I've found so many times before that it is actually very hard. Um, and I've, I've failed numerous times trying to take data off somebody because they don't treat it with respect. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's, it, it, again, it speaks to people skills, essentially. It speaks to how can you build relationships within a business? How can you use those relationships within a business to, 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 to be successful as a data leader and to, to achieve some of uh, the, the goals you set out to? Um, mm -hmm. And I, th I think that's very important. Is, um, I suppose, is, is there any... Is there any, uh, any things you'd definitely avoid if you were to do it again, if you were to do, um, to, to go in and try and do some of these, uh, to, to implement data governance, is there anything you, you'd avoid? There's another tricky one. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think the first time that I tried this, I, I, I was too techy. You know, I, I surrounded myself more with the tech people, the infrastructure architects, you know, to try and get this thing going. And I didn't really engage with the business. You know, I, I didn't find those people that, you know, were at the end of the day, the, the end customer um, or, or the people that really needed the information and insight from the systems. So go, going back, if I could have changed that, I, you know, and I have done since, you know, you, you learn by your mistakes. Now, um, you know, it's, it's more of a 70, 30. I'll spend most of my time with the business I'll be looking for those people um, that, that do give a damn about the data, you know, that do have a say about what should be going on and how it should be used. And I think one of the unsung heroes that I, I, I tend to wheedle out uh, is, is the, um, the data steward. So within, within any team, and, and you know, now that I've been talking, I realized that at one point I used to be that data steward. You know, when I when I've worked at a number of places, you know, my my first role, you know, I became a data steward because I, I cared about the data and I wanted to bring it together. But what you'll find is that there's there's always that person within a department or, or a team that has a particular penchant for the, the the tech side of things, the variety that wants to create these macros that brings data and does this and does that. Uh, and and finding that person can can be very, very beneficial. You know, it's, it's keeping everybody within the team, you know, the, the, the a, a team that enters the data onto the system, if, if they keep skipping particular fields or this, that, and the other, the data quality goes down, having, a key, having that hook into that area with the data um, steward uh, can be really beneficial in terms of just saying, you know, you know can, you, can you just have a word with your guys again about this? And they go away and they do it and it's really good um so yeah but fi finding those key players spending more time with the business uh, is is the kind of things that i would suggest definitely definitely you know re really important advice there and i think ju just to sign off on, on this then um how do you keep up to date personally with um the changes in, in data governance, in compliance, in in the new new methods when it comes to data quality and, and things like that. How how do you personally try and keep up with that as a leader? 
uh, I, I, I attend, uh, I'm sorry, I, I contribute to things like this. I, I do a lot of um, LinkedIn. I, I do a lot of research uh, on my own time, uh, talk to other particular leaders. I attend the, the Northern forums, you know, data forums. Uh, and I, I just try and keep my hand in with the, all, all the stuff that's going on. Um, like I mentioned to you about the Citibank, you know, that, that came up. Uh, took note of it and you know, just keeping your ear to the ground, looking for the latest technologies as to how you can do these different things. Was it even a couple of months ago, I ended up uh, attending the Snowflake Forum and, and they highlighted all the new things that they were doing uh, with, with Snowflake, the new features. And I was thinking, do you know what? If I'd have known, you know, if this feature had been around four years ago, I could have done this, I could have done that a lot easier than what we did the way we did it so yeah just keep your ear to the ground attend as many different things as possible fantastic well what what, what i'll do um howard if it's okay with you I'll, I'll put your linkedin um uh link onto onto the video if anyone has any questions to howard or, or wants to speak about anything else uh, around data governance then of course um feel, feel free to reach out to him um, but yeah, it's been great speaking to you today, Howard. I really appreciate you being a part of it. And um, yeah, and, until next time. Yeah, thanks for inviting me.